You are now rocking with The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. Excuse a young man, I couldn't help but notice that you became acquainted with the sidewalk a moment ago. I'm not a sports kid. Vans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. exactly what it is i'm d jones i got my main man the ghost with me and we got ants one behind the scenes it's a cool thing still and uh another week another lost poll on instagram it's hard times out here for uh for the fighters in the world man but let me tell you one thing i learned a lot about some of my uh bunt wipes and bunt holes out there fleeing to the woods to hide with safe with jeff Raleigh and nora I uh, hope it's a nice, quiet life around the campfire and uh, the false hope that Safa gave you guys of your uh, new community he's going to build you. <laughs> Yo, you can't let this one go. Shout out to the people. Love y'all. I was actually surprised it, the poll was that close. Some of y'all what, be what? crazy. Wanting to go out in a blaze of glory fighting zombies with Antoine and Mike V. First of all, Mike V is like super like... He's not... I feel like everyone's picturing Mike V from his CKY clip where he fights yeah. five guys. Like, That's what it is. That's the Mike V I'm going with. Well, no, you're going with the Mike V of today. You know what I'm saying? He's super... Like, I'm not. ...laid back and chill. Um, and then, like, with that crew, I'm like, you guys would probably end up fighting each other before you even got to the zombies. You guys would be done in, like, a matter of hours. Whereas me... Rowley, Nora, we hit in the woods, you know, fucking we're going to be eating venison steaks, sitting around the campfire, shooting Dude, this the This is the shit. problem. This is the fucking problem here is that you just painted this picture of like a campfire and shelters and food and berries. <laughs> and you guys are going to be singing songs and telling stories. But uh, if anyone's ever watched a zombie apocalypse, the running never stops. Like, you don't just get to chill in the woods and, and start fresh. Like, you're on the run for the rest of your life. So you're either going to fight, you're going to get down to business right away, and you're going to do it with some warriors like me, Mike, V of old, and Antoine, or you're going to be running for your lives forever. There's no stopping, man. You're just always running. So you may as well just strap up, get the weapons you can, and roll with me and my squad. <laughs> Yo, if we talk in weapons, Rally is a hunting master, but I love how you're like trying to break down how the world's actually gonna be, blah, blah, blah. But in the same breath saying Mike V of old, like you can just time travel back to that Mike V. Come Yo, on, dog. Should have picked Doctor Strange, man. <laughs> old Mike V. Yeah, the people have spoken, man. Leave it alone. Let's move on, man. Shit. All right, yo, what we got cracking this week? <laughs> Uh, massive week in Studio E, man. I can't believe it's already week 11 and we had to make it a barn burner, bring on a young, absolute skate legend, uh, all around destroyer of terrain, Oski Rosenberg, man. What a sweet guy. And dude, I can't wait. We're going to be in Copenhagen in a 
in a month or so fucking kicking it with the bandem uh great interview great guy great times then we take it you know straight to the post office a nice mellow post office you know what i'm saying uh no no polls this week no big disagreements just a good old time talking illegal tricks and whatnot you know how it is then we take it you know straight to the rundown donald's got an nhl two or three minutes for y'all mm. and uh we talking NBA playoffs, man. Let's get it. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Bunt Live. Hit up our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Bunt. We're doing it for y'all. And then hit up our website, TheBuntLive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. We coming up on episode 150. We have to do something special for the people. Ghost, it's shout out of the week time, man. What do you got? I'm pretty sure he's gotten shout out of the week before. But it's got to go to Herman Steen. Been a fan ever since the first time I saw one of his parts destroying all over Europe. Uh, this one's got a bunch of SF footage. Uh, he's just an under, underrated, absolute destroyer. Beautiful frontside flip. Uh, good trick selection. Gets buck. I've been a fan for years now. Herman Steen, man. His uh, Thunder Welcomes part. Check it out absolute barn burner and like the ghost said we got oski rosenberg in the building nike polar you know exactly what it is you know oski front 270 back nose blunt clip heard around the world we you know we going behind the scenes but only one thing left to do before we get into it ghost order the boys some lunch would you yo these days y'all know me for loving the dr pepperoni but i've switched it up i'm now a spicy pep god kind of guy an absolutely flawless pizza uh, and then I wash that down with a baby gem salad a ginger ale the four pack of cookies and they got marshmallows on them cookies and stuff just incredible for the calorie count and then you go skate it off man you know you know what I'm saying it's a magical world out here when you eat in maker yeah you're gonna need one of those aluminum boards soon dog uh, <laughs> maker or online or through the app available on iOS or iTunes or head in store downtown Queens Medina, Uptown Avenue Road in Lawrence, East Side Gerard and Carla, West Side Bloor and Dovercourt. Man, and before you know it, they're going to be in your neighborhood too. Maker Pizza taking over the world. Maddie Matheson, tell them what they're working with when they order Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. All right, let's get this interview popping. Zine. All right, we've got the young boss, Oski, in the building today. What's cracking, man? What's up, guys? Nice to meet you guys. How you doing? Chilling, man. Hyped to have you here. Nice. Stoked to be here. So, Oski, we start every show off the same. You got to hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Favorite skate moment is probably Tom Penny doing a 360 flip to fakie uh, in the Roland in Wonderland in uh, Copenhagen before it had the roof. There's some pretty sick photos of that. And uh, actually, I also really like uh, Tony Hawk doing the 900 on X Games. Ooh, pretty yeah. heavy career booster, that one. Yeah, Significant awesome. history. Favorite sports moment. Uh, there's this really dope um, golf player. His name is John something. I think he's American. John Ram. John Ram. 
Yeah. yeah, I think so. But he's he's kind of like uh, not your average golf player. He's like a little bit more like a rock star. He yeah. likes to get drunk and like I, I heard some story of him like drinking a lot of whiskey and then uh, uh, beating uh, Tiger Woods on his own tournament when he was really drunk, uh, <laughs> stuff like that. He's pretty. Fun. Sorry, that, that's John Daly for sure. Yeah, uh, there's yeah. a younger guy named John Rambo. John Daly's the legend. Yeah, he's smoking cigs on the course and all that I stuff. I know really? he gets pissed off <laughs> yeah. and he breaks the the golf thing and yeah. does crazy interviews. It's so sick. I love Damn, it. I gotta check him out. Yeah, sounds like a legend. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oski, take us back to the beginning. Where did you grow up, and how did you get into skating? Uh, I grew up in Malmo, Sweden. It's a pretty small city, uh, but it's the third biggest city in Sweden. And uh, I got into skating, the first time I ever skated, I was seven years old, I think. But uh, I didn't really have a good experience that specific time because a BMXer ran into me and I was kind of like traumatized a little bit. For sure. Uh, But uh, then I I tried again when I was nine years old and I tried my friend's uh, board. And uh, I remember just like... um, for the first time writing down a little bank and I was so like the feeling was just so lovely and I just fell in love with it it's just so exciting and uh, I got aboard the next day and I was probably skating like every day for four years like straight and uh, yeah I was just really really passionate about it about it and it was just so funny I was like learning tricks every single day in the skate park and I remember also just like getting so much joy from like hanging out with the older kids and like learning from yeah. them about like what it's like to be a teenager pretty much it was pretty funny <laughs> yeah. yeah well we're glad you came back after that bmx incident because at seven <laughs> if something like that happened to most kids they might never step on a board again man yeah definitely so oski what would you consider to be your first big break in the skate industry i would say uh, when I won the World Championships Venice Park Series in uh, Shanghai, I feel like that was my big break. And also because uh, right after that, I like just a couple of days after I came home, I turned pro and it was like a surprise party and it just felt like everything Damn, was happening shit. all at once, you know. And then also the board of my first graphic. So Pawnus had... Um, obviously like planned this graphic for like months and months because it takes a while to like produce the graphic but on the first Mm -hmm. board it said like champ champ and it was this frog like with boxing gloves on it and i don't know it just felt like everything was happening all at once because i just won the contest and then i turned pro and then the graphic was kind of like saying champ champ so i was like damn it felt (laughs) felt big for me yeah that's what's up so you recently posted on your Insta that you tore your ACL, man. So sorry to hear that. Uh, how'd that happen? And what's your recovery timeline looking like? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I tore my ACL in the US. I was in Austin skating, filming for uh, my most recent Nike part. And uh, I was pretty much like, I didn't feel like I was done, but like it was like in the towards the end of the project. And I wanted to get like just a couple more clips and I was skating this 10 steer rail and uh, did a couple of tricks on it, like board slide, 50, lip slide. And then I wanted to do a front board, but then like, it was kind of like a short run up and uh, a bit windy. So I like messed up the angle. 
So I took a pretty hard fall and I ended up kind of like rolling my ankle and then like tweaking my knee all in the same slam. But I'd never injured my knee before, so I didn't really realize like what happened. And it didn't really feel that bad either. Like, I mean, obviously it didn't feel nice, but I thought maybe I'd like tweak my knee a little bit. I didn't realize it was significantly injured. So, but then I got the results. So yeah, I tore my ACL. Then, yeah, then I went back to Sweden to get it looked up and everything, get the surgery. So now I'm I'm in Sweden, yeah. Been, I actually did the surgery like three weeks ago, but I feel good. feel like it's just like when you... Actually, I was always kind of like preparing for that, like I would get a significant injury sooner or later. I never really had like any big, big ones, but I was like, yeah. I mean, I've been skating for 16 years, so you know, feel like it happened sooner or later. And now when it actually did happen, I feel like it wasn't, I thought it was going to be worse, you know, like mentally, but Mm -hmm. I've been doing really good. Like I feel good. Just like, it feels like a break, you know, I've been skating so much. So it feels like a break. I can take time off my board and focus on other things. Like, yeah, try to find different areas in life progress and just spend time with the family and work on like getting my knee back to 110 percent so i can skate again no doubt man i like that you're handling it well mentally because that's probably the harder part than the physical part to be honest yeah definitely so when do you think uh you're gonna get the green light to start trying to skate again i feel good in my knee now and it feels like i could start skating in like i don't know like maybe like three or four months but I'm not going to be doing that. I mean, I maybe will start like rolling, rolling around a little bit at that point, like really Mm -hmm. just like really chilling, chilling, like taking it super careful. But um, after this injury, I've been like talking with a lot of different doctors and surgeons and like, I guess, experts within these, this injury. And there's a lot of studies that show that like, you need to really be like careful in the beginning. Like if you push it, if you come back too early, then it's just kind of a high risk of like re-injuring yourself so it's gonna be a while i'm gonna be taking a while off the board that's good man that's the smart way to do it so you can just come back once and never have to go through it again and especially like skating transition and shit that's a lot of pressure on your knees so yeah glad to hear you're gonna do it the right way yeah oski i feel like for some reason i remember the first time i saw your last name it was hyphenated rosenberg hallberg is there uh, any relation to Yalda or no? Uh, no, we no no. Uh, it's not no relation. We we spell our last names like uh, differently. He's got one L and I got two L's. Okay. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he he is like a brother to me though. <laughs> Sick. So while we're on the topic, you have any any stories about skating with him, traveling with him? Yeah, I remember the first time I met him. I was super young maybe like 13 or something when I first got on Polar and we like were in a little like, yeah, we were out skating street together with me and him, him and Pontus. And uh, I remember just like looking up to him a lot and uh, he was so nice and uh, super, just like a really genuine, nice guy and uh, humble and super, super good at skateboarding. Yeah. So yeah, that that's him. Big legend in yeah. the game. So you went to the Briggery at high school. 
how did you convince your parents to let you go there seems like a dream for any kid growing up to go to a skate high school basically how did you get your parents to agree and tell us about your experience there it was never an issue for my parents to agree as i remember it they were always kind of like down to let me do whatever i wanted to do uh also when it came to the school so that was never really an issue for me i know some other kids though that had like a problem with that like some of the other parents would be like no you need to go to like a business school or like yeah that's mm-hmm. not a serious school or whatever <laughs> but um it wasn't a problem for me but yeah it was a, it was a really really good experience it's a really sick school i have just like pos- only positive things to say about that school my experience was really good um i learned i got to know tor torstrom um hator da silva villavester Fernando, Bramsmark, like all of these guys, like I, I got to know them way better while being a student at that school. And uh, yeah, it was just a really good experience. Like uh, I was skating a lot during those three years and uh, I, I was my my career was kind of like starting to or I was kind of like starting to get a career, so to speak, mm-hmm. at that point as well. So I would be like I got on Nike right before I started my first year. So all throughout the school I was like traveling with Nike kind of. So but not like crazy. I was still like focusing on the school and like studying and stuff and then maybe traveling a little bit here and there. And then yeah, also I have um I have dyslexia. So I feel like that really helped me uh, in terms of studying and like graduating because I was able to skate in during breaks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, yeah, that really helped me with the schoolwork. Oh, That's yeah. awesome, man. Did you get like, uh, like in a regular high school, we do something here called co-op. I don't know if you do that where you go into a workplace and like you get a credit for like going to work somewhere. Did you get some nice co-op points for these Nike trips back then? Does that count <laughs> as, as work? I don't know. No, I don't even know if we have that. <laughs> I would just get like, yeah, I would just be like, make a deal with John, the vice principal. Just like, <laughs> all right, you got to do your homework before you go on the trip. And then like, you got to catch up when you come back. That was a deal. Yeah. And I would always That's do That's fair. Yeah, yeah. And also I would go on like one week trip or like maybe a weekend trip. Uh, I wasn't mm. like going to the States for like months, you know, like some people did that, yeah. but they didn't, they didn't graduate. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the average day like at the school like are you still doing all the other subjects like math and science and and writing and stuff like that or is it just yeah. all skate related it's just skate no i'm kidding no it's uh, a <laughs> it's a uh, yeah i mean it's it's pretty much just like a regular school in terms of the what you study Mm-hmm. You do like all of these regular things, like these things that you have to do, like math, Swedish, English, um, history, all of these re- regular subjects. Um, but then you also have one subject called skate, where you practice Sick. shit all day. No, but you, uh, it's it's weird to explain. It's it's really it's actually really like normal and like organic kind of. Because the mm-hmm. teacher is super cool. John, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's like, you know, he's an expert. And uh, it's not like, all right, practice kickflips all day. Or like, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not that way. It's more so just like, oh, 
I remember even like, I mean, it's usually just like you're skating, you know, mm -hmm. and then like, it's kind of like a session, like almost like gym class, but instead of like playing football, you're just skating. And then, but then also it would be like sometimes more specific things. Like I remember one time we were learning about injuries, like, oh, mm -hmm. you rolled your ankle or like you get a concussion or like you get a swellbow like how to treat these smaller skate injuries or like one time we were watching like pretty sweet i remember <laughs> when it came out <laughs> and uh like learning a little bit about like skate history sometimes just like stuff like that or like even um tony hawk and christian asoy mike Vallali, mike Vallali, like some of these legendary pros that would just so happen to be in town every once in a while they would come in and have like kind of lectures and like Damn. talk about their careers and like i remember one time christian asoy was there and was like talking about like his life and stuff and uh yeah pretty some pretty amazing stuff like that was going dude, on dude that's so sick yeah it uh, actually sounds like the ultimate dream just remembering yeah. how much i hated going to school in high school yeah God damn that would have been nice I would have signed up for a backside big spin class, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But I don't know. That's kind of how I was doing it. Like, just like kind of a regular school apart from like that you have the skate park there. You can skate at breaks, lunch break. And then also you have mm -hmm. skate as a subject, like maybe once or twice a week. And then also like a game changer is that like, I would say 70% of all the students at the school are skateboarders. So you kind of like yeah. get along with everyone and you like, yeah, you, I mean, I already knew so many people on the school before I even started. Cause you know, being a skater, you like kind of know everyone mm -hmm. or like you hang out in between across the ages. But other than that, I was just like treating it as a regular school, but like skating as well. But there were definitely some people that would be like attending the school and they would just be skating, you know, like all day, just like fuck the classes. I'm just in the skate park <laughs> all day. <laughs> Which is, so does John have to go hilarious. down and drag him back to class? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but some yeah, <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. For sure. Was Haytor one yeah. of those delinquents? Um, <laughs> fuck, I would say maybe yes and no. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's very good at like keeping time. You know what I mean? He, def he oh, was definitely yeah. late for a lot of classes and like he was skating a lot. But at the same time, I feel like also he he was like putting in effort in school. Yeah, he, nice. he graduated. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, it all worked out for him, man. Yeah. Young boss. So speaking of Pontus and Yalda, how did you get hooked up with the Polar Squad, man? It was a while ago. It was like 10 years ago, actually. Even more, 11 years ago. Wow. I, was, I remember when I was like 13 or so. I would be skating in the indoor skate park in Malmo. And uh, yeah, I would go to the skate park like every day in the wintertime. And Pontus would come there too. But at the time, I, was, I didn't really know shit about the skateboard industry. I just knew I was just focused on skating, you know, and hanging out with my friends. So I didn't really know who he was or I didn't know who he was at all, even though he's like Malmo legend. But he would come to the skate park, and uh, at the time, I think he was going through kind of like a, a low period in his life. Um, he was like editing uh, In Search of the Miraculous at that point, I believe. You could tell in his skateboarding, because he would come to the skate park, like super, like, you know, like trying to 
trying to like release some of his energy, you know, like skating so hard, so fast and uh, being mm-hmm. like pretty aggressive on the board. And if someone would get in the way, he could be like pretty intimidating. So I, I was just, I wasn't really viewing him as Pontus Alba. I was just looking at him like, like this kind of like older, crazy guy. Like you don't want to get in his way. Like kind of like almost like, yeah, just <laughs> crazy guy, you know, <laughs> I didn't really know who he was, but <laughs> yeah. we, we started like uh, talking a little bit. And uh, he started noticing me when I was skating and he would like give me advice on like what tricks to try and such stuff like that. Kind of like, I guess, watching me progress and he would like encourage me and he was hyped on me. And uh, we kind of like, yeah, started get to know each other a little bit. And then one day I was up in the cafeteria playing pinball and I ran out of money. And he was there too. And I asked him if he uh, had some money that I could borrow to play some more pinball. And he was like, sure. But uh, (laughs) if I borrow you some money, you have to promise to skate for my company. I'm going to start a skateboard company. And this was like (laughs) maybe like one or two years before he started Polar. And I I wasn't really, I, I just, I didn't even realize, like, I thought he was joking. So I was just like, yeah, I'm down. And uh, <laughs> let me just play ping pong. The, cool. Yeah, I just wanted the cash. <laughs> but uh, but then, sure <laughs> enough, he like he started Polar, like yeah, a year or so later, and um, yeah, he was putting me on, David Stenstrom on, and Yalta on, and a couple other guys as well, Jaka, and um, we were yeah, I was on, I guess, but then. Uh, there were some complications in the beginning because I already had some sponsors. I was skating for this one company. And uh, since I didn't really know like anything about skateboarding at the time, I was so young. I didn't really know Pontus or his legacy at all. To me, I was just like, yeah, I mean, you're starting a company, but I don't know. I don't know anything about this company. Like, you know what I mean? Like to me, you're just like, I don't know, <laughs> someone who's starting a company and I already had a board sponsor. And at the time that board sponsor was like giving me so much product and i was hyped on that i was like yeah i'm I'm trying to get this product (laughs) and i remember like i saw the catalog for like the new the new season that was coming out of my existing board company and they had this one jacket that i really wanted (laughs) so i called up Pontus before he'd even like really announced the the board company fully before he'd even announced polar and i called him up one day and i was like yo um I'm super stoked that you like want me on the team, but like I'm, I want to skate for this other brand. Like they got this jacket coming on, coming out, and I really want it, you know. And uh, he was like, he was a little frustrated, and I could tell by his voice he was pretty much like, "What the fuck? Like this kid is like rude," you know what I mean? And it was kind of rude, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So then I didn't skate. It was like a little back and forth because of that jacket for a little while, but then. Uh, after a couple months like when I was out skating with them him and David Pontus asked me again and I was like yeah I'm I'm super down because I could just feel the vibe was there you know like I knew I started getting to know mm-hmm. those guys better and David was my best friend and uh, yeah it was just it just made sense oh yeah so what's it been like I mean this was a while ago now 10 years ago or so what's it been like watching the company grow into the you know, successful brand it is today. How cool has that been for you? And like, what's changed sort of on your end? It's been, uh, yeah, it's been really sick. Like 
pretty crazy, actually. I think the best part has been just like everyone on the team, like forming such a close, close relationships or friendships with each other. Like we all are like super good friends and we've gone on so many trips together at this point and we have like so many funny moments that we shared together filming on like a lot of different projects and going going on and traveling together and uh, yeah just seeing everyone grow like I remember I remember when like Dane Brady he wasn't on Polar but then like one day in the group chat I think Pontus just sent his footage and he was just like I guess random guy from Portland like none of us knew who he was and he had like super sick footage and like that was the first time I saw him and little did I know that like he would become part of the team and then we would get to know each other really well same with Shin like I remember when he he didn't really speak that good good English at one point so I remember when he like kind of misunderstood Pontus at some point and like randomly just like booked a flight ticket from Japan to Malmo without like Pontus's consent and without knowing anyone in Malmo other than Pontus barely and like <laughs> speaking no English just showing up at the train, train station texting Pontus like yo I'm here and Pontus was like at the office working <laughs> like what the fuck and then he had to like go pick him up and like he stayed at Pontus's place and that's kind of like how he got on the team and just like oh, stuff like that that's sick. yeah and uh yeah like Kevin Rodriguez when he was on and you know Paul everyone like that's been the best part like all the relationships the friendships dude that's amazing so maybe when me and Donald pull up to Copenhagen we'll just text Pontus yo we're here and uh, yeah maybe <laughs> next thing you know we'll be the newest riders man yeah or at least get that interview <laughs> yeah you should get it he's gonna be in Copenhagen open so maybe get him drunk he's down he's down to, to chat <laughs> yeah we gotta line that up Pontus man if you're listening we're coming for you in Copenhagen man yeah so you got to spend some time with the legend P-Stone rest in peace do you have any stories of your time skating with him filming with him on the road yeah I remember that time all those times that I spent with him traveling skating meeting so many people it was really really fortunate to like have gotten to know him so well and was fortunate enough to yeah travel with him and like kind of see the see the world from his point of view it was really like a big like a really valuable experience for me i was really young you know like 17 16 years old or so and uh, he was filming a part with fernando and then after that that was done we decided that we were going to film a part together for Thrasher and he was going to film it. And uh, yeah, that was just like so amazing. He, w- he was the best. He was the best. Like I miss him so much. He was like so positive. Like I've never, like he would never complain about anything. And you would find him like in the most, sometimes the most miserable situations and he would never complain. And he just had like this really positive outlook on life and just really street smart like he knew so many people like in every corner of the world when you would travel with him it felt like the world was kind of like just like his play his playground he would like he'd be like traveling non-stop like just like staying 
like in the most random places, like having homies everywhere, like anywhere you would go, it could be like the smallest little town in like Spain or wherever he would have some story. You know, he went there like 10 years ago and 20 years ago, or maybe like he'd been there like 14 <laughs> different times and he knew all the locals, he knew like the history about the town and it was crazy. So I got to meet a lot of different people through him when we would travel through the US and Europe and I learned a lot from him just about traveling and like, I don't know, just like a, his, his way of life, I guess. And yeah, that, that was like really, he was, he was a really special person. But I remember this one time when we were in Atlanta and we, uh, we were staying at, in Grant's guest, guest house at the time. And it was me and Fernando and Jacopo. And it was like, I think it was the day before Thanksgiving and uh, we had had like such a long night or like he had had in particularly a really long night he like he fell asleep and Grant was like tagging on his face like writing all these just like tagging on his face pretty much and like putting different stickers of different skate brands on his face um, and when he woke up, he didn't really oh. notice, <laughs> but, um, the following morning we were skating on our way, um, to, um, some of the guys wanted to buy some weed and, uh, we were skating on the way to the plug and, uh, we only, or P-Stone, P-Stone and Pat only had one board. So they were like sharing boards in the sense that P-Stone would be like skating and taking a couple of pushes. And then he would kind of like shoot off the board and then Pat, uh, who was jogging while P-Stone was skating, would jump on the board and <laughs> cruise and take a couple of pushes while P-Stone was jogging, vice versa. And they would, they kept on doing that for a little while. <laughs> and uh, P-Stone was like pretty, I mean, he's he was used to it, but fuck, I don't need, I wouldn't be like awake at that time, like given what he had been through like the previous night and the, the previous day. But he was probably pretty crusty, you know, like with the jogging and skating. So I guess at one point when he was, when it was his turn to jump, like jogging into jumping on the board, like one of the times, like he jumped on and he got like a shootout. So he fell backwards. Oh. But the thing is, he had a beer in his back pocket and uh, he fell back. So the bear in his back pocket, like splashed all over the place, like broke, the glass broke oh. in his beer everywhere. And uh, he unfortunately like got cut in his ass pretty like badly with the with the glass, with the cut glass. Oh. And it was pretty gnarly, like it was bleeding a lot, but he didn't really care. Like he was just like, you know, wasn't really like complaining. He was just like, ah, oh, whatever. You know, he kind of like brushed it off, but it was a bad cut and it wasn't really like he tried to brush. He tried to be like, ah, oh, whatever, but he couldn't really do that because it was too bad, you know? So we had to do something about it. And we realized that it was bleeding a lot. So we had to, so we went to Pat's place and we were in, yeah, we were like on the living room of Pat's floor and like, was trying to like clean the wound with alcohol, but I guess he'd only had like Jägermeister or something. So they were pouring Jägermeister on the wound. <laughs> um, I don't know if that like made it better, but <laughs> like whatever. And then I guess we went from there. 
to where we were initially going to the dealer and then they um that when we got there they they were like trying to fix the wound with like a fishing hook oh. and it was just so painful to watch because it wasn't really it wasn't really working like i get i mean you can't really do that um but i guess that's the only the only tools they had so they were trying to do that for a long time and it was like fuck it was gnarly to watch and meanwhile like p-stone was just like hyped the whole time like he wasn't even couldn't even be bothered like he was just having a blast like drinking and just <laughs> i don't know enjoying himself but then at the end of the day the uh, the neighbor turned out to be a nurse so she came over and like fixed it and like yeah helped him out Sick. And, yeah that was i was i was relieved when she came and p-stone too he was super, yeah he was super grateful um but fuck stuff like that would happen pretty often <laughs> but like in different ways i mean not 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 stuff like that in exactly particular, but like just like that, yeah. the most the most like un i don't know like craziest things you could never imagine would just like happen and then you'd think like for a while like things are looking pretty bad you're like fuck someone's gonna injure themselves or get arrested or like this is gonna end up end badly and then like somehow everything would just work out fuck man <clears throat> that's buck yeah that's insane so during covid you spent some time with the Birdman tony hawk down at his place in cali how was that and what's his place like man that was sick that was really sick I was there with my girlfriend for like a month and the reason why I was able to stay there is because I know his uh, his uh, stepson Miles been skating with him a little bit and he's a homie and I've been to their place before so Miles like invited us over and we were able to stay there cuz they got like they got a pretty big house so they got some guest rooms so we were staying there for a while and it was it was a blast it was like a the ultimate vacation you know, like big mansion. We got a pool, a jacuzzi, skate park, and it was it was really interesting to stay there and you know, kind of just like observe Tony in his natural habitat. <laughs> you know, he's he's super professional and like su- super interesting, like inspirational. He was like waking up pretty early every day think like at six or something and he would like be in this office in the living room like emailing you know what i mean like making signing deals scheduling (laughs) you know like doing heavy business moves in there in the morning with his wife and then he would uh he would get breakfast and then he would like skate the vert ramp pretty much every day damn damn that's what's up yeah it was sick to witness we, we we got some good sessions in it was pretty crazy though sometimes when you would be in the house or like in the kitchen for example like getting some food and he would come in the kitchen like putting a pizza in the microwave or whatever and you'd just be like kind of like intimidated you know you'd be like damn that's that's tony hawk right there like yeah preparing just a pizza awe. yeah you just like damn that's the <laughs> that's pretty iconic yeah, he's human after all. He's super nice. Yeah, he's super cool. He was like, yeah, productive, like making business moves in the morning, skating in the afternoon, hanging out with his kids, his daughter in the evenings. That's pretty much what he was doing. Boss moves. Yeah. 
you're a well-respected street skater, you know, all-around skater, of course, but you also get buck in the contest world. You've won your fair share of them. What's a better feeling, landing like a an epic hammer that might be one of your last tricks or getting that flawless run that lands you a first-place trophy? Oof, that's a good question. <laughs> Shit, I would, I would say if the hammer is like a heavy one, I would say the hammer, yeah. Because everyone's going to remember that forever. The contest is just like in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like the, the ego trip in the moment. <laughs> standing. You got the trophy, the champagne, the points, you're on top of the world. But the, the trick that's going to be like for, remembered forever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I respect that. Because, yeah, you can definitely get wrapped up in the moment in the contest. Like you said, you feel like on top of the world, especially if there's like a nice check yep. that comes after you land that flawless run too. Yeah. You nailed it. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like instant instant gratification. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And also when you land a trick, like a crazy one, that takes hard work, hours, mm-hmm. and like m- overcoming mental barriers and physical barriers barriers like really working hard you know and then when you actually land it you're like yeah you really overcame something when you win a contest it's not as much of a struggle because if you were struggling you probably wouldn't even make it to the finals even you know because you don't you only have so many chances so if you're winning a contest you're probably just like lucky whatever like super just so happened to have like a really good day and like just make it happen kind of magically you know yeah which is a nice feeling too you nailed it too with like you know you're contributing to skate history when you get yeah when you're putting your video part together you know where a contest of course it's it's technically skate history as well but it's not you know we don't look back on it the same way yeah yeah exactly and then but it it also depends like there can be situations like for example the olympics I felt like that was in terms of like overcoming mental barriers and pushing yourself as a, as a person or as a skateboarder or like putting yourself in positions that you've never been in before and growing in that way. The Olympics was way more significant than like landing a trick because that was really like dealing with all that pressure and like everything that was around it. That was really like, felt like similar to like filming a video part almost like really pushing yourself um in that way but more so like in a i guess in a philosophical way like pushing yourself you're you're yeah putting yourself out there like in uncomfortable positions Mm -hmm. speaking of the olympics man people on the outside see the photos of the cardboard beds and the terrible meals but What's life inside the Olympic Village really like, man? That's a good question. It's uh, it's pretty crazy, man. It's like a whole, it's a different world in there. It's The beds are definitely shitty, or they were really <laughs> shitty. The cargo <laughs> beds, so yeah. uncomfortable, like so small and hard. And yeah, that was, that was pretty whack, but... I didn't really mind too much. I was kind of, I was just happy to be there, but the food was good. I was hyped on the food. I was eating a lot. They had like this food, uh, food court with food from all over the world and it's open 24 hours. You can eat as much as you want. 
And then they had a Japanese food court with like specific Japanese dishes that was had been like voted. Each and every dish that was there had been voted from the people of Japan to like showcase Japanese, I guess, food history. So that was pretty sick too. And it was really interesting to just be there and see like all of these different nations and all of these different buildings with all the flags on them. And everyone there was just like a pro athlete, like super fit and like just you, you just know that they're a legend at whatever whatever it is that they're doing. And yeah, it was trippy. I was really I was kind of like on a I was on a like a on a high when I came there the first couple of days. I was so excited. It was like the first similar to like the first time yeah. I came to the US. I was just taking it all in, like tripping about everything. But then I was kind of like a little over it, like towards the, the middle, like the pressure was like a lot. And yeah. it, was, it was pretty isolating yeah. too in there. You, we couldn't leave also because of COVID. Fuck. Yeah, it was heavy, but it was fun. It was a good experience. Like, I feel like I learned a lot. It was a struggle too, like with the pressure and all that. But um, I was happy I did it. For sure, man. The best part was probably after the contest was done. It was a relief. And I was talking to all the different media and I was like killing it in the interviews after. It's just like spitting facts in the interviews. <laughs> I feel like they were a little shocked in the interviews though. Cause you know, I didn't really do that well in the contest and usually in sports or like those, like, um, okay. Um, those like sports, like that time and place, like at the Olympics after you like, they, they just expect the athletes to just be like, oh, you know, yeah, I kind of blew it, but like, it's okay. Like I'm going to train really hard and like come back next year. And like, I'm going to like, you know, I have to do better. Or like, I'm really disappointed in myself or you need just like some basic answers like that. But I was super hyped and I was just like, I don't know, going, going in depth about like the culture of skateboarding and like what makes skateboarding so different from other sports and just like talking, just enjoying myself. It was pretty, I feel like that's probably what, it, what was the best for me in, with the whole Olympics. Cause it, I was get I was getting a lot of attention from like national on a national level, like newspapers yeah. and TV and like all of these like mainstream media outlets that do, they don't really know anything about skateboarding. And I feel like they're so stuck in their world of like traditional sports. Everything is supposed to be like this and you measure exactly your capacity or whatever, or the difficulty of different things or how quick you can do something or how fast. So I was really like taking that opportunity to like educate them about skateboarding and like, yeah, just like saying like, or like showing our view of things and how, things work in skateboarding yeah hopefully one thing that comes out of that is that you know skating is a little less frowned upon in general maybe a little more street spots or less of a bust who knows yeah i hope so too but um no i mean i definitely noticed that but i think there's going to be positive and negative things coming out of it i definitely feel like you know the whole contest world and that part of skateboarding I think the Olympics is kind of like pushing that side to just become whacker and whacker. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just going to become like another sport, like yeah. that part of skateboarding. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the other part of skateboarding like is so strong. 
I think that's just going to grow as well. Like the actual culture of skateboarding. I mean, that's not to be confused with like the Olympics and all that shit. But unfortunately, I think I was hoping that maybe skateboarding could have like some type of that that they could allow skateboarding to be what skateboarding is even within the context of the Olympics and like let it be what it is and like actually have like a showcase like an accurate interesting cool part of skateboarding even on that scene and maybe yeah. even like that people yeah you know what i mean but i don't think that's going to happen i think it's just going to they're just going to make it more they're just going to put more rules into it and it's just going to be kind of like I mean, not the type of skateboarding that I'm into, but it's just going to slowly graduate to that or like progress into like more and more of that like strict sport world. They're they're going to create like a world of that of skateboarding or yeah. But I think the other side of skateboarding is going to grow even bigger than what it is too. So that's good. Well, as long as there's some, you know, real ones out there representing for skaters, guys like you and Yuto, you know, being there at least, uh, Hopefully it keeps a good balance yeah. and it's not just a hundred percent like contest jock yeah. type of dudes and a wax scene. But man, you're an Olympic athlete, man. No one can ever take that away from you. So at least that's a dope thing that came out of it. I know, yeah. I'm I'm hyped. I feel I'm stoked. <laughs> um so you just had your second dunk come out. What's the story behind the shark, man? That trip looked super fun. Yeah. That was fun. That was sick. Uh, we went to Austin. I was filming in New York. Was linking up with Fred Gall in New Jersey. Damn, sick. We went to LA, filmed with Hugo there. And uh, they went to Mexico City as well. That was really fun. One for the books. It was nice. But yeah, explain explain the significance of the shark, man. What What's your deal with the sharks? The deal with the sharks... So... Nike wanted to give me a colorway. This was like 2018. And uh, they were, yeah, we were like going to do a colorway together. And uh, I was putting in a lot of thought into like what I wanted to do. Because I'm really into shoes and I'm really into dunks. So I wanted to do something sick. And um, I've always, I don't know, I've always thought the Nike logo is pretty interesting looking and like it has some potential like it's kind of weird but interesting at the same time so i was like "Hmm, maybe i could do something with that and i started to think in the terms of like maybe i could like change the logo in some way but like still have it look like a swoosh Mm -hmm. and i started thinking about different objects different animals different objects that look like the swoosh and at first i was like thinking about airplanes (laughs) <laughs> and maybe I was like, yeah, maybe it could be sick to turn the swoosh into an airplane. But then I was like, okay, I was thinking about it, a shark. The idea of a shark popped into my head. And especially a shark with the mouth open, like ready to like attack or kill someone. Because when it opens the mouth, it makes the whole front of the of the shark emulate the yeah the, the swoosh. swoosh even more. Yeah. And then I was like, damn, that's actually a good idea. <laughs> uh, maybe I should like talk to them about that and I was aware of that it was like pretty out there you know and you don't really see too many people mess with the swoosh it's always just like the same swoosh pretty much so I was kind of aware of that maybe 
or I was expecting them to be like, no, we can't really do that. You know, like that's too much. But um, we had the meeting and I was like surprised because they were super down. Sick. I was expecting them to be like, I was expecting like going, I had, I thought I was had to go to like into a, some kind of like uh, mode of like pers- persuading them, like, mm-hmm. you know, like getting on, you know, adv- advocating for my idea. But they were super down from the start. So um, I'm super shitty at drawing, but I drew up a little shark thing and I showed it to them. <laughs> and then they had their designer um, come back with it, with like the proper version. And uh, I was like, first go, I was like, that's it. That's sick, bro. Now you got people tattooing sharks on themselves, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's pretty sketchy. But, uh, so- <laughs> So a lot of people that was reaching out on Instagram, like so many people, so many DMs. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was surprised because it was a lot of like I posted some of them that tattooed it. Yeah. Because I wanted to give them a shout out and everything, and I was like super humbled or whatever. I was kind of like shocked, you know. Yeah. And I thought it was pretty funny too, but it started getting to a point where I was like, "This is like insane," because it was so many people. <laughs> I think it was maybe like. T- well, 20 people tattooed it, it. Like, like more people will do yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I I, I kind of I think I maybe like fucked up a little bit cuz uh, <laughs> yeah. I think some people maybe like thought that like oh, if I'm going to tattoo this, some he's going to send me shoes. That's <laughs> yeah. insane. You know. <laughs> and I wasn't able to like send the shoes to all of them. Unfortunately, I wanted to. But yeah, it was it was also a lot of kids like trolling like asking like, "Yo, send me the shoes. I I got the tattoo." And then I I I exposed one one kid. I was like, "Show me the the tattoo," and then he, he didn't, he couldn't show it to me. <laughs> so there's some people trying to scam me for shoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, me and me and Donald don't have the tattoo, but shit, we'll take a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, can you take us behind the scenes on one of? your sickest clips i'm sure maybe you're sick of even talking about it at this point but your 270 nose blunt clip that went all types of viral never seen anything quite like that what was that session like man Ooh, that was that was really like a that was a rough one that was like a my war type of type of session it was started started getting emotional you know what i mean yeah struggling i was really struggling <laughs> but i was uh yeah, I got the idea of like trying it. I've been I've been skating that skate park my whole life, and uh, I already did backside nose one slide over it. And I started, and I really wanted to do something gnarly over it. And I started thinking about like different tricks, and that trick popped into my head. And I'd never really see seen anyone do that trick before, so that made me even more hyped on trying it. And uh, I tried it one time, one session in on fall like it was it was starting to get a little cold and i tried it and i was sliding it like pretty much not not properly but i was getting into it and it seemed like it maybe could work like i was still really far away but it seemed like it could possibly work Mm -hmm. but it got really cold so i couldn't try it because of the the winter came Mm. so that whole winter i was like tripping i was you know thinking about it pretty much every single night like it was like a demon in my head. I was really, <laughs> you know, I wanted it, you know. Yeah. I was tripping about it. And then once spring came and I was able to try it again, 
I really went for it and I tried. I went there one session with Tao and Pontus and Yalta and everyone. Villa was there and I was really, really trying to make it, but I couldn't make it. I was like trying for two hours. It was such a struggle with the balance and everything. And then I came back the third time and same thing, struggling for like hours, such a like mental struggle, but I was able to get it somehow. And then, yeah, I was just like so hyped. I was so happy. Hell yeah. Me and Villa went and partied in Copenhagen after that. <laughs> we were, we were Sick. Man, yeah. that, that's like, that was one of those just shocking clips. I feel like anyone, everyone who saw that was just did a double take. Like, wait, what the fuck? I got to rewind that one, man. That, that yeah. was so sick. Thank you. You fake you five old the shit out of that thing, too. Like a street ledge, too, in a, another part. Thank you. I want to, when I can skate again, I want to skate that again. Yeah, that's now the people are going to expect a, a new fucking banger on that every, t- every part. <clears throat> Pressure's I know. locked. I know. <laughs> yep, yep. So what's next for Oski, man? I know you're hurt and in recovery, but you have anything anything coming out? Yeah, I have I have a couple of things coming out. I've been filming a I've been filming a documentary or they have been filming a documentary about me, which sounds crazy to say, but yeah. <laughs> uh we we were filming a documentary over the course of like 9 months last year. Uh, together with uh, Jonathan Lomar, a filmer from Sweden who uh, filmed and edited uh, the sour the sour videos. Sick. So that I have that it's coming out fifteenth of uh, May on Vimeo. That's gonna be interesting to see what the skateboarding community has to say about that. <laughs> Probably gonna be some haters out there hating on my name. You know? <laughs> some some constructive <laughs> yeah but uh but no i'm i feel good about that it was uh, that was like a really that was a struggle too that project at times it was definitely um pushing myself outside my comfort zone i wasn't really i i like almost said no to the project but uh, i ended up saying yes because i was like okay if jonathan is going to be filming it then I guess I can't like turn down the opportunity because I feel like I would like re- regret it later on in, later on in life. Mm-hmm. So I just went for it d- without really knowing what I got myself into and it was really gnarly to like have someone film you all day or it wasn't all day every day but it was, you know, pretty intense like it was a lot of just filming and like putting yourself out there. But I I'm at the end of the day I feel hyped about the project how it came out. I feel like it's something that, yeah, maybe if you're not a skater, you can like, like, I also feel like it's, it's interesting that like villain, everyone is in there. Um, so Sick. we'll see what, what people think about it. So I got that coming out. And then um, I have an event that I'm doing together with the city of Malmo in Mal in Malmo in August 15th to 20th of August, a skateboard event. It's gonna be like uh, some. Uh, it's gonna be like some some different events, uh, but like the main event is gonna be like a, a mini ramp event, but with like some street obstacles in the mini ramp. Sick. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, and then I also have a been working on like a little organization or like a really found uh, a little foundation, I guess, 
with my agent and uh, with uh, my friend John Magnuson. That's going to be like a foundation. Our, we want to find ways to um, contribute to like underprivileged areas through skateboarding, building skateboard parks and stuff like that, or like helping to finance skateboard parks. Fuck yeah, man. So I've been working on that a little bit too. So I got a couple of pro- got a couple of projects going on. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, just trying to mostly focus on my knee, get my knee better. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you. Well, it's sick, sick you're keeping busy with some dope projects while you're recovering, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and I can't wait to skate again and uh of course. Get back out there. Yeah, and then got Copenhagen Open coming up. Not going to be able to skate it, but definitely going to be enjoying it. It's gonna be nice to see you guys and everyone else, all the homies. Get some drinks. <laughs> we'll see, you, yeah. see you in a yeah. few weeks, or I guess like a month and a bit. Crack some brewskis. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. That's that's my favorite event in all of skateboarding. The best event. Oh, I was yeah. actually um, those guys that are running that event. They came to Malmo yesterday, um, and uh, they were like crowning. Hator as the prince of Copenhagen because he was killing it last year. He was like, he was killing all the contests, all the parties. He was on fire. Like he was, he was really like, on. He was like on a rock star mode. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. he won that award, and uh, they reached out to me and to like surprise him. So I, I was like, Yo, Hator, let's let's grab lunch, and we got lunch, and then I fooled him. I, I tricked him. I was like, "Yeah, Villa is coming," and I and I was like, "Yo, I'm just gonna go outside the lunch place to like um, meet up with Villa." And he's like out there smoking a cig, and then I was out there like preparing drinks for Hator with the guys um, that are running the Copenhagen Open event, yeah. and they like blasted the speaker that they brought with him, brought with them. And then I called Hator and I was like, "Yo, come out! Like me and Villa's out here, out here, because Villa's smoking a cig." So go out. And then once he came out, the speaker was on, and like we were like, "Yo, congratulations!" And like gave him a drink, <laughs> and they they gave him like this huge speaker, and uh, they were like, "You get to bring any homie from anywhere in the world uh, to come to Copenhagen Open." Like that was his 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 price. So he's gonna. I think he's gonna bring his his homie, his his cousin, from Brazil. Those, that, but those guys are so sick, so creative. Like, oh yeah, that's awesome. That's so fucking sick. Yeah, they're killing it. <laughs> yo yo yo! It's rapid fire with the ghost, and this week we brought to you by Real Skateboards. Big news in the deluxe world, Real Skateboards has officially welcomed Jimmy Wilkins to the team. His new pro decks with art by the legend Chris Miller are at your local skate shop starting today. If you're a fan of slightly larger and longer wheelbase decks, Real created a mold specifically for Jimmy and you. His deck is an 8.86 by 32.61 with a 15 inch wheelbase for that solid stable ride. So hit your local shop now and tell them the bun sent ya for them Jimmy decks. You dig? Congrats, Jimmy. Alright, Oski, you know what time it is. A little rapid fire, you know what I'm saying? Favorite skater? Uh, Villa Vester. 
Favorite video? Thrasher shotgun. Favorite video part? John Cardiel, his Sodi part. Favorite style? Tom Penny. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? David Stenstrom. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Antoine Dixon. Damn. Sick. Right? (laughs) Favorite trick? Tray flip. Just learned it. Hardest trick for you? Nolly flip. I'm going to learn it, though. Most illegal trick? Used to be a varial flip. People were hating on that trick back in the day, including me, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nowadays, the the tables has turned. It's kind of people are rocking <laughs> with it now. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? I filmed a, a tray flip in a line. It's coming out soon. Polar video. <laughs> Worst trend you've been a part of? I used to wear pretty tight pants when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Uh, Grant Taylor just did a really gnarly trick the last time I was in L.A., but uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't give that out. It's uh, some. It's in the anti-hero secret hard drives right now. Ooh, but um, I... other than that, you guys remember when when Chris Jocelyn did inward heel down Wallenberg? <laughs> <laughs> I was there that day, and we were skating skate oh, rock shit. randomly. He was there, uh, and uh, he was like smoking so much weed and like drinking a couple beers, you know, like. <laughs> just chilling and it was raining and then i don't know like they were going there i guess and someone asked me if i wanted to join and we were like yeah i'm down or we were like yeah why not we don't have anything else to do and he did inward heel down wallenberg like while being stoned and a little drunk and it was still kind of wet outside (laughs) and it was like in three tries or something like the cameraman like didn't even set up his camera and he just did it Wow. wow. That was that was crazy. <laughs> That's fucked. What's the one trick that got away? I don't really know. I like uh <laughs> I like what Jake Phelps answered to this question. He got pissed off at you. <laughs> he didn't want to answer. <laughs> but shit. Yeah. I don't really know. <laughs> you just land everything, eh? Yeah, exactly. That's what Jake said. And then you were like that you were like, Oh, you land every trick and he was like Got pissed off at you. (laughs) (laughs) What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? When Hathor claims you're going to meet up with him and he shows up like two hours later or he doesn't even show up at all. (laughs) Heavy, regular. (laughs) What's the last new trick you learned? Oh, yeah. I learned back lip to sugarcane. And then I was hyped on that. And then I also learned cab nose blunt, which I was also hyped on. I was training, training heavy for the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> What's your dream job after skating? Philanthropist. <laughs> Sick. Hell yeah. Fuck it. I don't really know what that means, but it sounds pretty, sounds iconic, right? <laughs> Favorite local brand? There's the dope acai spot close to where I live. It's called Acai Oxont. You have to check it out. Favorite local skater? John Magnuson. Villa and Hator. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Banana Skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite teammate ever? Paul Grund. Worst teammate ever? I have this one teammate, uh, Burger Kangen. When he co- whenever he comes on trip, he's super hyped to drink, so he will like 
convince everyone that it's going to rain the day after. So he's like, let's get super wasted tonight. It's going to rain tomorrow. And then you wake up the next day and it's like, sun is shining. <laughs> Worst company. Sea World. <laughs> Worst trend. Smoking gas. <laughs> Worst style. I mean, Tony Hawk said, it, said in an interview that he doesn't really care about style. It's all about the tricks, baby. So. <laughs> <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh? Jeremy Rogers, right? Oh! <laughs> I mean, he's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's nice. I don't know him, but he comes off a bit arrogant sometimes, you know? You gotta, you gotta stay humble. Yeah, he don't know what that means, dog. <laughs> yeah, he's never heard of that word. <laughs> oh, shit. You might have to explain it to him on the sesh. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's going to wrap up our interview with Oski. Dude, you killed it, man. Thank you for coming on the show, and, and we'll see you in about a month, dog. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, look forward to meeting you. Take care. Hell yeah, brother. Heal that knee up. We'll crack a beer soon. Look forward to it. CHPO has teamed up with the senior class at Brigiriot High School in Malmo and given them the opportunity to design a pair of sunglasses, which will be released on Friday the 13th. So we decided to do a short rapid fire with one of the students. Hannah, let's get it poppin'. All right, yo, you ready for a little rapid fire? First time ever guest appearance rapid fire was cracking. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's your favorite skater? Um, my friend Vilma Stone. She's the best girl skater out there right now, for sure. Sick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. Does she also go to your school? Yeah, she's in she's in the grade below me. And she she just won five K okay. this week at a contest. So Damn. Yeah, Damn. Very much. That's how you yep. do it. Turn Big baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for sure. Yeah. What's your favorite what's your favorite skate video? Um, probably video days, the blind skateboards video. Wow. Very dope. Okay. Okay. Historian Old in school. the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, For sure. <laughs> what's your favorite video part? Um, probably Alyssa Steamer's Welcome to Hell. Just cause it's just <laughs> super legendary. <laughs> yeah. That song. Classic part. For sure. Watched it maybe a hundred times or something. Very dope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Um, my dad probably, because he skated my whole life, and growing up with him skating has influenced me a lot. So yeah, hell yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Who's the most talented skater to come out of your school? Um, I would for sure say Oski. Just because, you know, world champion. So it's very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> and he's super good. And probably also like Hyatt But there's a lot of very impressive skaters and Villavester too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Nice. But those are definitely Some young top legends. Three. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. What's your favorite trick? Um, Probably front shove because it's like. I can do it no matter what, kind of. It's just, I don't know why. It's just like the one trick I always can somehow land. 
So yeah. <laughs> can you give me and Dono? Can you give me and Dono a trick tip? Because we both aren't actually. We're can barely doing them. I mean, honestly, I don't really know what I do. I just kind of, <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> jump and hope for the best. But yeah, it's like yeah, probably my favorite trick. <laughs> Okay, your approach sounds like mine, so I'm not going to get any better today. Um, What's the most illegal trick? Um, Fuck, I would say, like, hospital flip. Because I've never, never seen one been done well or looked good (laughs) at all. So just fuck that trick. (laughs) Yeah. Real talk. I like it. What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed at your school? Um, I would say my friend, I have a friend from Norway. His name is Elias, uh, super tech skater. He did a impossible lip slide to fakie or something down a handrail at our school once. Damn. And it was like Damn. super just gnarly. I think it's the first time I've ever seen that trick been done. So wow. I would say that's definitely a banger. Yeah. <laughs> What's your dream job once you're done school? Um, probably like a dog watcher or something. I don't know. Okay. I feel like that would just be chill, just going to walk with a dog and skate and stuff. <laughs> so, sounds like a safer job, man. A job of leisure. Yeah. Yeah. Bring the dogs to the skate park, probably. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. What's the last new thing you learned in school? Um, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, probably we were talking about like, well, it's hard because we learn stuff in Swedish, so I don't know how to translate it, but we learned, a, we have like a math test in next week. So we've been learning a bunch of math and we were doing like, what's it? It's called logaritma in Swedish. It's like lines and stuff. I I would. That's probably like the newest thing I learned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's What's the last new trick you learned? Uh, nolly flip. I've been working on that one for a while. That was a a battle, (laughs) but that was very satisfying to land my first one. Hmm? Nice. Yeah, yeah. you should probably give Dono a trick tip because he sucks at (laughs) it. I could always, I could use all the trick tips. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, I, w- I don't know if you would want to accept it. It wasn't the best, very <laughs> bounced up back and forth, but <laughs> I count it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite local brand? Um, Ava Skateboards, for sure. Those sponsor there. And um, in Copenhagen, I would say Dancer by uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yelte and guy named Anton. Yeah, so Eva. Yeah. Can you tell him to send us a? Can you tell him to send us a new box, man? I lost one of the shirts, and it was my favorite shirt. Yeah, for sure. I'm sad about that. <laughs> I'll go down to the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, let's go out with a little bang. Um, who? Worst style. Um. Okay, I don't oh. want to disrespect, but I would say probably like all dads over 40 that just started skating just just because big respect to them for doing it it's so dope but it just i've never seen it like look good and i mean it i mean it in the 
nicest way possible. <laughs> Taking down a whole group of people with that one. I mean, shout out yeah, them that, that, for sure. That's very impressive. Shout out them, but yeah, yeah. that's a small, <laughs> small group of people probably around the whole world. So it's all good. I'm sure they. I'm sure they probably admit it's true too. <laughs> All right, Hannah. Thank you for coming on the show and hitting us with that rapid sure. fire. One we uh, we won't forget. A couple trick tips in there, <laughs> and uh, it was a pleasure having you here. Thank, thank you, you, thank you for having me. You're very nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> This is the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Dickie Skateboarding. Quality workwear since 1922. From the worksite to the streets, ain't nobody keep you fitted like Dickies. All right, Ghost, who we got up first? You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Matt J. Yo, Bunt Boys, longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks for all the laughs and insights over the years. Got a nerdy trick selection question for y'all. What's your opinion on lines where a trick rotates in the opposite direction than the trick that came before? For example, if the first trick in a line is a backside big spin, would you rather the next trick be something like a switch back heel or a switch frontside flip? Personally, I find continuing the rotation in the same direction to be tastier, so I'm going switch frontside. Not that the other option is illegal by any means, but there's something about the rotation continuity between tricks that's much more satisfying in my OCD brain. I'll even take this a step further and apply it to tricks where just the board is rotating. For example, if you're starting a line off with a switch frontside flip, I'd prefer the second trick to be a switch back shove compared to say a switch varial heel. Obviously, None of the above applies to any backbreaker, sushi-esque ledge or mani combos, as changing directions mid-trick is infinitely harder. Anyway, I'm probably overthinking it, but curious to hear if y'all have had any thoughts or preferences on this. Peace. Matt J, anybody OCD who overthinks their skating has obviously come across this thought, and you're absolutely right. Continuing rotation definitely always looks much better, but yeah, like you said, there's always uh, an exception to every rule, like like we get down to, man. And backbreaker tricks will be the exception, but I definitely try to keep it in the same rotation for sure. Oh uh, yeah, I messed up. The he said frontside flip and then a switch back shove, not switch frontside flip. That didn't make sense. Anyways, you get the point. He wants the board rotating or your body rotating in the same direction at all times. I didn't know you subscribed to that rule, Donald. Is that a new thing? Because we definitely didn't grow up thinking about that. No, I don't do it personally. I don't have the skill level to like pick and choose. Like, <laughs> the only flat ground tricks I'm doing in a line are nolly flip and switch front shove. So uh, I just think it looks greater. Like obviously it looks cooler. Like if I'm watching Bobby skate or something, I'm like, oh, like he did it in the same rotation. Sure. For me, rules don't apply, man. Yeah, I remember Bobby, I think, was the first person who told me about that shit. And I was like, man, that's that's too much. That's crazy talk. Uh, but, I mean, I get it. I'm, I'm not mad when you keep going the same direction. But I've seen certain ones where, uh, I think, what's his name? Um, just had a line where he did frontside half cab, a set, and then big flip the next set right after. And it kind of looked cool like going against the grain right away. Like he obviously could have done half cab and then big flip, 
but he did it on purpose and it looks sick. So I don't know, it, it depends. Like I'm always a fan of, of mirrors too. So if you backside flip a set and then switch backside flip the next one, I think that looks cool as well. I think that's a great exception if you're doing something like that. Yeah, but then as far as the board rotating, I was talking with Justin David the other day saying I wanted to do like a nollie frontside flip and then a switch front shove. And he's like, no, no, you can't do a switch front shove because the board's rotating against the nollie frontside flip. He's like, do a nollie back heel first. I'm like, man, this is this is getting too crazy for me, man. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think we all have the choice to put an end to this madness whenever we want. But I mean, if I had the skill level and all the tricks, I would follow this rule as much as I possibly could because it definitely looks better. Yeah, I'm not mad at the rule, but I'm not going to subscribe to it like at all times, you know? So yeah, you're not crazy, homie. Keep doing your yeah. thing if you got the skill. <laughs> all right, next up, we've got an email from Asa Dustin. Hi, I know you said I was not welcome back in the post office, but I apologize for trolling you with my last email. This week, I have a serious question. I think it was Walker Ryan discussing his favorite trick when you wisely tiptoed around Chinese Nolly so as not to offend anyone. Yet we all blatantly use the term Mongo, which is short for Mongoloid, a derogatory word for people with Down syndrome. As a universally revered authority on all things skate, you are in a rare place to right this wrong. Any ideas of what we can call this aberration of nature without causing offense? Maybe we are just jealous because our friends who naturally push with their front foot are generally better at switch. Also, I read Walker's book and I'm happy to offer a review in the next post office. If you do not get to it, let me know. First up, Asa, we ain't gonna need that book review. Thank you though. Send that over to Walker. Let him know what you thought of his book. I'm sure he'd love to hear about it. And Mongo man, I honestly read this email whenever it came in and I had never even put that together. I, I literally had no idea, but you make a great point, man. Maybe it's time to think of a new name for the Mongo push. Yeah, I was actually gonna say the exact same thing. Um, shouts to you for bringing that to our attention and everyone who's listening now. I had zero clue and uh, yeah, you're probably right, man. So maybe, maybe some people can send us some emails Actually, we don't want to blow up the fucking inbox. But if you're sending an email about something else and then at the bottom, you could just add your your suggestion for a new term. Um, what is isn't there already another term for it? Like, what do we call it? Oh, no, that's when people are doing switch or skating switch. Right. What do we call that? Do we just say switch Mongo? I can't remember. Yeah, we just say switch Mongo. Mm. Uh, OK, yeah, well, I'm all ears. Fixed, we're, we're down. Absolutely. Send in some suggestions. I'll try and uh, cut that out of my vocabulary. Absolutely. Always learning, man. Always learning. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got an email from Archie Gallagher. Ghost and D. Jones, what's happening? Wanted to hear your thoughts and predictions on the World Cup coming up in Qatar. Will Mbappe bag a hat trick in the final to take it for France? Or will Harry Kane shithouse a last minute header to bring it home for England? I know you're not the biggest fans of football, but the World Cup is usually a different story. Shout out to the Cambridge skate scene and come on the Chelsea. Big ups and keep up the best podcast. Stew. Safe, fellas. You came to the right place for 
great soccer advice. Me and the ghost are absolute experts at soccer. Um, I'm going to go with Canada, man. I'd like to cheer for France or England. But like I said, man, when we got a horse in the race, we cheer him for our own. Alfonso Davies in Canada are going to shock the world, man. <laughs> Yo, when was the last time Canada made it? I don't know, years and years ago. Like, were we alive? Mm, tough to say. It might have been just a little bit earlier than that. <laughs> it's been forever. So, dude. yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that to say that it's such a foreign feeling. Like, I, I'm so used to cheering for um, Cameroon and the Netherlands. My dad's from Cameroon, and I was born in, in Holland, in Amsterdam. So those have always been... Even though I, don't, I barely even watch, that's just who I root for. And then if those two teams are eliminated, I root for any African team left. And so rooting for Canada is going to be a cool new thing. I don't even know how it's going to feel, but I'll try and tune in. Of course, we root for Canada, man. What kind of question is that? Of course. 1986 was the last time, so oh. we just missed it, man. Wow. Crazy. Ah, this is, this is actually, that makes me kind of excited. Uh, we should yeah. watch a game together. We have to, man. Although I, I'm curious to see as when the games will be on here in Canada as it's in Qatar. True, so. true, true, true. Could be tricky. But, I mean, we'll definitely be tuning oh, in. Oh, but our predictions. Did you say Canada's winning at all? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go. I, I'm not even going to pretend to know anything, so I'm going to just say that as well. Absolutely. All right. Next up, we've got an email from Josh Feggins. Good day from Melbourne, Australia. Rad season, keep them coming. I was listening to the latest episode and you mentioned Riley Hawk's hair influencing your enjoyment of the part. It got me thinking to who is up there as a follicle challenge skater. <laughs> I'm sure you would both appreciate Danny Montoya and Bunt alumni Gabers. The category can include those battling the demons, both Receder and Baldor. No shame in it from a longtime slaphead. Shout out to both Jamie Thomas and Mike V who seemed to win a battle against Receder briefly in the early 2000s to then go down swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for what you do, including Ants, Josh. Shit, who's a bald one, man? Oh, you know, I'm going to shout out my boy Deshaun Jordan because <clears throat> he's young as oh, hell really? and he already lost it all. But he looks good bald and he rocks it proudly, so... Big shouts to Deshaun Jordan, man. Bro, I'm turning into Stephen A. Smith out here with my hairline. This shit sucks. Dude, I'm going to go ahead and say Matt Mumford. The only guy we've ever known as this, his whole existence to be involved. <laughs> so I'm just going to assume that he's never even been in the battle with uh, Baldor or Receder. He's just been bald since birth. And uh, rocks it with pride, man. Maddie Mumford. Yo, that's get that such a show. good point. Like, are we forgetting some obvious OG clips where he had hair? Because, like, even in Misled Youth, the man then was bald. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I even feel like I've seen Chad Barty with some hair. Yeah. He was also another guy who was always bald for the most part. Chad Barty had, Matt like, Mumford. a nice long flow for a minute. Yeah. But I've never seen it out of Mumford, I don't think. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how Tony Hawk still has such a good head of hair? I haven't peeped, to be honest. Is he the Jalen Rose of skating? Yeah, he's <laughs> just got it like that, man. <clears throat> Epic. Thanks for the email, bro. All right, next up, 
We got an email from Nate Dog. Bunk boys, what's goody? Thank you for your service, Stu. Keeping it short and sweet, cause I gotta get back to getting my peas up, bruv. Coast, it was cool hearing about you being in the production industry. I myself am in a union out here in the Bay Area for live sports production as a replay operator. Shout out IOTSI, uh, Locale 119. We putting in the hours in it. This question is for both of y'all though. Have you ever connected with somebody at work about skating and then went on to even have a little sesh with them outside of work? An OG at work approached me about skating and it surprised me when he busted out stories about EMB and Pier 7 from back in the day and I had no idea he had skated. Get back at me. Also, if y'all ever want some insight on how a live sports production broadcast goes down to spice up the sports segment, holler at your boy. NFL, NBA, been in the trenches like a true yard man. Yeah. All right, y'all take care and be easy. I'm gonna just say before we answer that, that was right at the borderline of keeping it short, maybe even a little past it. So I don't know why man's wasted a sentence saying he's gonna keep it short to then go kind of long. I mean, you know, he was right in the sweet spot, but then if he had to throw in the if y'all ever want yeah, something. Exactly. Like, yo, you had it nailed, dog. Like, uh, nice come in. And then, good question. I like the flow, and then you just pushed it over the edge. Yeah, man. we do like the effort, um, though. So, respect, Nate, dog. <laughs> absolutely. But if you have to write also in the email, just know that that's where it's gone to. <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't mind the long emails, man. Yeah. That shit just cracked me up. Um, I've never actually had a session with anybody that I worked with, but like something that's been happening quite commonly now that i'm working with this electrical company well actually there's my one homie nipsey this young buck who uh i was working with for a little bit on a job site he was really pushing to come skate the skate loft with me after work one day he's good buddies with our boy cody and uh, he pulled up one time and if you know me if i go skating after work i gotta make it home for uh for a little dinner and bedtime routine for the young buck so i skate from like 2 30 to 5 and then i gotta bounce so Nipsey pulls up to the skate park around like four o'clock, rolls up one of the biggest cannons I've ever seen. He's like, you want to smoke this? I was like, no, I'm, I'm good, doc. I'm just here for a quick like skate workout, you know, yeah. trying to get my sweat on. And he's like, all right, smokes the whole thing, grabs a board. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know if you should be using that thing. You know, like <laughs> you're so high and you don't know how to skate. But whatever, he walks up to at the skate loft where the sixth stair is, the little flat bank rides down the flat bank and like you know when you're just watching something and you know it's gonna go wrong like i just knew like this kid's dead like (laughs) yeah dude slips out at the bottom of the flat bank this guy was flat out horizontal five feet off the ground right to the tailbone oh no i go over to him i'm like dog are you okay and he popped right up and he's like yeah yeah i'm okay i'm okay and they sat down for the rest of the session. Didn't see him at work for two weeks. Bro. Oh. Guy broke his fucking back. Like, wow. And I knew it. I was like, oh, man. The weed and the first-time skater are just such an unnecessary mix. That's, and that's then, horrible. <laughs> yeah. But the young buck, I saw him the other day. He's, he's in good spirits still. Is he going to skate again or is that a wrap? I think he just goes to the loft and smokes weed now. <laughs> Sandman. Him and Sandman connected on a new level. Oh, makes sense. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't have a story. I, I've met some people that skate at work, but I don't think I've followed through with the session. 
But it's funny we're reading this email now because um, two days ago on set, um, one of the grips on set had a dime hat on, and then he came up to me. He's like, oh, like he knew me from the pod, and uh, so that was cool. But uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go skate with him sometimes or or see him. I also forget your name, but shout out to you. I could go through the call sheet, but we ain't got time for that. You dig? Um, All right. That's a good question, though. I like that. Yeah. Because it's very relatable, man. Usually someone finds out you're a skater, they throw it out there. Uh, I have another Irish homie at work, Fergal. Shouts to Fergal, the most Irishman I've ever met in my life. He's begging me to go to the loft, but after taking out Nipsey, I don't know if I can take another <laughs> another workman there. Yeah. Shit. All right, next up, we've got an email from Jordy Crocky. Good day, guys. This is Crocky from Australia. Quick question. Whatever happened to that Instagram add a trick video thing? I forget who started it, but I remember the line was getting so long. Who did it stop at? Cheers, fellas. Um, I remember seeing a couple people doing this thing, but I uh, have no idea who started it, where it ended. But yeah, it was getting tough for sure. A lot of tricks in there. Yeah, no clue, man. Keep it moving. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got a voice note from Jackson Elliott. Let's take a listen. We're going to have a quick listen. He says, hey, here you go. I think it's a decent question, but I'm kind of drunk. And then the next morning at 10.51, Jackson said, actually, don't answer this. Sorry. But uh, it's in the inbox, so we'll be the judges of that. <laughs> So this is me coming off of watching the Atyon and Dustin Henry skate part. Um, two, two of the coolest songs I've heard in a skate video for a long time and that I can remember. Uh, first song was Mariah Carey, a remix of a song called Fine. The second song was Keith Sakola, Kina Means All. Kina Means All. Akina, that was a great song. I was impressed by the choices. I want to know what you two guys um, think what some of the greatest songs you've heard in the skate video. Choose one apiece. What blew you away? You know, let me know. I don't know why he was so upset with that the next morning, man. That was kind of nice. He even gave us a little, a little uh, singing voice there. Maybe he was... Embarrassed by his little attempt at singing. Yeah. Sorry, Jackson. We're playing that one, I think. Um, one song, and I've probably said this before, that just stuck with me, and it was like outside of my realm of music, was uh, Abe's track in the DC video. Ted Nugent, Stormtrooping, or Stormtrooper, whatever it was. Soul Boss, man. Still listen to that shit to this day. Hell yeah. Well, what was the question? Just the one song that we liked? Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. So many. Um, let me just go back to 41163, Big Pimpin' in the mm. Controlled Chaos with P-Rod and the gang. Can't beat that shit, man. Next up, we've got an email from Taylor Minear. Greetings, Bunt Gang. Headed out to Montreal for a week in May. Where am I skating after work and during my free weekend? Nightlife slash food spots as well. Shout out to my local Time Machine skate shop. Can I get some gunshots for the boys? Submitting a request to enter the Switch Trey Gang. Seifa, what I gotta do to get someone to peep my footage? 
D. Jones, let's get some more hockey talk in the rundown. Playoffs are about to start. Thanks. Did he attach some footage or what? Uh, no footy. Let's see. That's it. I guess like he just wants to know if you'll watch it if he sends it in. I mean, yeah. Of the send your switch tray in or whatever if you have a, look, see. a couple minutes of footage or whatever. We'll obviously take a look. Why not? <clears throat> uh, Montreal, man, just go to fucking Parc La Fontaine and uh, you'll meet some locals there and, and have them show you the ropes, man. Park Laugh, it's where that like gap to ledge is, the famous one. Over the dirt gap to the little ledge to drop thing. And then where those like butter marble benches are. So your best bet is just going there, having a beer, skating, and uh, the locals are friendly as fuck, man. So I haven't been to Montreal in a couple years, so I don't even know where to tell you to go eat or anything like that right now. What about that skate park? Skate park's a nice, easy spot for him to skate after work one day, too. Which one? The under the bridge one? Is that what you said? Under the bridge. Hey, don't they have a nice little skate park with the orange? Oh, plants? shit, yeah. I can't remember what that one's called. But yeah, go go to, like... Um, I don't know if he geotags it, but, like... Go to Hugo Badek's Instagram. He's always doing tricks on the bank there. See if he geotagged it. If not, DM him. I'm sure he'll fucking answer you. But it shouldn't be hard to get directions to that skate park. That place is and fucking what's, dope. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and what's the the bar we always go to? The one with the popcorn and the pool tables. Nice, easy bar. Uh, shit. What's that one called again? Oh, Biff Tech, right? Yeah, yeah. Biff Tech on saint Yeah. Yeah, go to... Yeah. Pop by the Dime Store on saint Fucking... Um... Just a friendly scene, man. You shouldn't have a hard time um, getting some recommendations on skate spots and food and bars and shit. And Taylor, hockey talk in the rundown, man. It's heating up. I know it was funny. Last week, Safa said that uh, there was going to be some playoff hockey talk, and all I did was talk about Matthews and Marner. But <laughs> really, in my life, that's all that fucking matters right now. It's Matthews <laughs> and Marner. Yo, and, uh, I heard we're up 2 1. And- Engvall and uh, Mikheyev and Camp, they all they all doing the thing. Oh, we up 2-1, baby. We're going to get to that a little bit later. All right, sick. I'm going to will self-rant again. <laughs> all right. Hell yeah. Yo, enjoy your time in Montreal, man. All right, next up, we got an email from Aaron Wara. Long-time listener, first time writing in. I'd like to get your opinion on some illegal combos, I guess is a good way to put it. But one sequence of tricks in particular, 50-50, nolly shove behind you to be exact, or the opposite, fakie 50-50, switch front shove out. I find it disturbing to watch some ollie in one way and try and shuffle their feet to the other side of the board to slop some bullshit off the ledge. (laughs) I'm all about being creative and trying all tricks, but these shouldn't be in your bag of go-to everyday tricks unless you want someone writing into the bunt to complain. Anyways, thanks for your time and thanks for doing what you do, fellas. P.S. Shout out Skate House. I'm a firm believer that you don't need to do anything out of a 50-50 at all. I mean, it's just a 50-50. You should just, unless you're like learning, like I get it. If you want to learn like fakey nose grind, switch front shove, I guess you could do that. Um, But if you're at the stage, you're like intermediate level skater. There's no need to add anything out of a 50-50. I mean, there might be an exception, like back 180 out in the middle of the ledge, but I think 
those are have come and gone now as well. Yeah, the odd 50 kickflip is cool. Like Ian Twa did that crazy one on the handrail. Rick McCrank in Minikmati. Sixer on the finch ledge. But yeah, for the most part, you know, I was watching some Bastion footy and he did like a back 50 backside flip out on an out ledge in China. Luckily, they didn't use it in his part in uh, Really Sorry, but that shit just cracked me up. Unnecessary, definitely any 53 flip out, highly illegal. <clears throat> the only thing I'll say though, and not to like be too condescending, but if you're if your level of skating is is at the level where like a 50-50 is as far as you're taking it and you want to push yourself to do something new, you know, fuck it, do your thing, do your 50 shove out, you know, like it's always fun to learn tricks and I remember getting one email, someone was calling us out <clears throat> for like being too harsh to people that aren't as good. So definitely don't want to want to make sweeping statements because not everyone, you know, it's not, not everyone is fucking out here doing kickflip crooks and switch flip crooks. No, but he asked, like, I'm my level is by far not <laughs> I'm not flipping into literally anything. I'm just saying. If you're gonna do a fakey ollie, switch 50, switch front shove, just try to spend the time to learn the fakey ollie, switch 5 0. Oh, yeah, no, I'm. That would be, that is my suggestion. I'm, yo, I'm right there with you. I, I would never do either of these tricks. They're highly illegal to me, but I'm just trying to show a little love to like, if 50 50 and 5 0 is like where where your bag of tricks ends and you want to spice it up a little bit, obviously do your own thing. These are only our opinions. Who the fuck cares, right? I think I think his I think his point is the ollieing in. So like say you do a nol, an ollie into the 50, he hates that you would then do a nolly trick out of the 50. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. So like yeah. I mean, if you want to do 50-50 shove, that looks a little bit better than a 50-50 nolly shove. Yeah, I get. He it. doesn't like the foot shuffle specifically. Exactly, exactly. And in that case, we agree. All right, last email from the week coming in from Shane Wilkie. Hey guys, greetings from Nova Scotia. I got two questions, so I'll try and keep it short. Have you guys ever claimed a trick that you know deep down was going to be a bunt, but it somehow worked out when you actually tried it? Second question: What do you put on hot dogs? Cheers. Wow. Shane, legend. He's a post office regular, right? Yep. Yeah, Shane, you're a legend. I can't believe you squeezed two questions into such a short email. That's how it's done, people. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> well, I'll do the hot dog first because it's easy. I'm a ketchup, mustard, and a little bit of relish type of man's, and maybe relish is actually disgusting. I know I used to never fuck with it, but like I'll throw a tiny bit, especially if it's like, uh, no man, this is that's disgusting. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty basic with it. Maybe a couple uh, spicy peppers or whatever that shit is that they have. I remember when we used to be Utes and we would hit the hot dog stand and I put on everything I fucking like just to try and fill me up. No matter what it was. Oh, I'll I'm throw some onions on it. hot dog ever. Yeah. Um, I just go ketchup and mustard. Sometimes just mustard, dog. 
No, I can't think of one that I've claimed and then end up working out, but I'm definitely the type of guy that learns tricks while filming them. So basically bunting and then hopefully something. Yeah, that's a good example. Do you have an example of and one then of those? I just get the one. Um, Yeah, I mean, in Barcelona, I did that nollie back 180 switch Manny, switch front 180 into the bank. And I'd never done that in my life. Oh, shit. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of yeah learning a trick when you're filming. It's the best example. Back when we were filming for Ha, I can't remember what the first trick in the line was. But I did, like, something easy. And then I did a switch heel front nose. And I learned it, like, at Coxwell Ledges. But, like, I was going mm. so slow, didn't slide. But, like, we were so young that, like, it still felt crazy. And I was like, oh, my God. That was definitely a claim and then shocked myself, even though we didn't even use the clip because I did it so badly. But I remember being hyped at the time. Dude, I remember when I did kick back tail fakie in a line on Coxwell Edges. I literally thought I was PJ Ladd that day. <laughs> <laughs> Half cab nose to regs and then kick back tail fakie. I was like, I'm I'm good, bro. I'm going to make a career out of this shit. Wow. I forgot about that. And it's funny because I have you even done one since then? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> Dude, you should That's bring those back. Ago. Yeah, I don't know. Ah, what a good post office, man. You guys know what to do. TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Hit us up with your voice notes, your emails. And your switch tray submissions, man. We, uh, we're eager to check them out. <laughs> and your replacements for Mongo. This is The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by the one and only... Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner. The only buzz. So last week... Right before the NHL playoffs kicked off, I came on here and said the key to victory for the Maple Leafs would be the success of Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. And so far, the boys have not disappointed. Six points in three games for Marner, five points in three games for Matthews. But the emergence of David Camp, oh, sweet Jesus, that boy is straight cooking. A defensive specialist. We're looking pretty good through three games. We're up two to one. We got uh, our shit kicked in in game two, but you know, we bounced back and won a hard fought victory in game three. And I think we're putting the fear of God in the Tampa Bay Lightning. We got the coach talking all sorts of crazy shit, talking about our goalie and how uh, they should be playing better. And he's giving up all these goals. He's just grabbing at whatever he can, man, because the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're for real, and I still believe we're going to win this series. I think it will be a long one, go six games, but the fact that we grabbed one there in Tampa Bay against the defending two-time Stanley Cup champion is uh, great news for the Leafs, man. Did you get, manage to catch a game? Uh, I didn't catch a game, but for me, as a non-hockey fan, you'll be happy to hear that I actually, on the score app, I never leave the basketball page, but I actually shifted over after all three games to check the score of the Leafs game. So that's mm -hmm. a big first step for me, caring enough to check the score. And uh, I'm proud of the boys. And it's crazy that they haven't made it to round two since 2004. And uh, hopefully they finally do it. And it's going to be against the two-time defending champs, which is insanity. So let's keep this momentum. You day.
This week, I got roasted a little bit in our fantasy football group chat. Davis was saying uh, we weren't actually talking about the NHL playoffs. All we did was talk about Matthews, Marner, and the Maple Leafs. But Davis, I got you. The Minnesota Wild are up in their series as well, 2-1. to one. Lost the first game, but came back with two huge statement games. Kirill Kaprizov and Zuccarello, man, they got some type of chemistry. And the big man, Jordan Greenway, getting involved. Minnesota Wild, they got just as tough a matchup as us in the first round, which is unfortunate. Those two, two versus three seed matchups are tough in each of the divisions, man. Me and Davis are about to write in some sort of post office long-ass email to the commissioner of the NHL to tell him, man, we got to go back to the eight versus one because this shit is, it just ain't fair. <laughs> Yo, wait. What, what the fuck's the difference? Why is the two facing the three? Because they switched it instead of Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. Now there's four different divisions. So the top three teams in each of the, each of the divisions make the playoffs plus two wild cards. So the first team in each division will face a wild card team where the second and third place teams face each other. So some divisions are much stronger than others. Like for instance, the Edmonton Oilers are playing the LA Kings and the LA Kings are barely a playoff team whereas the Leafs are playing the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning and you got the Minnesota Wild playing the Blues like if one division is so much stronger it doesn't even out with the parity like we should be playing someone much further wow, down why the, the fuck did they do that like the Pittsburgh Penguins or Boston it should be something like that but we got screwed man so did Minnesota why did they do that both though? of uh I have no idea just to try and mix it up and do something different get some wild card teams in there it was just i don't like that you know when they change things for no reason yeah i don't like that at all one of those things man and i think they had to realign the east and west because it was way out of whack and they had new teams coming in so i got i'm sure they had their reasons but these are the these are the times where it it doesn't pay off you know where two weak teams get to play each other and then you got two stack teams going up against each so other. is there I mean, it's good for yeah. rating. Is there a chance that the Leafs play Minnesota at any point? That would be Stanley Cup. Oh, shit. Uh, me and Davis talked about that, man. And if we want to remain friends, like, we are we are already, we're already on thin ice with the way we talk to each other about sports. Like, the last thing we need is the Leafs and Wild playing <laughs> each other in the finals. <laughs> oh, shit. Real talk, man. Well, go Leafs, go. Are the Canadians in the playoffs? Now, the Canadians are the first team to ever go from the Stanley Cup Finals to last place. Oh, fuck. Looks good on them, man. Fuck those guys. Um, they stole that one from us. Down 3-1 and came back somehow. But anyways, that's enough hockey. That was over a minute, wasn't it? Hell yeah. Sure. Give the, the people, people what they want. Happy. Let's move over to the NBA real quick. Memphis and the Warriors is an absolute dogfight of a series, man. What's going on? We got ejections. We got injuries. Suspensions. John Morant may be injured now, too. Like, give me the rundown on what's really going on over there, man. These guys hate each other that bad, or are they just two competitive teams going back and forth? You've got a classic case of the new young goons that don't give a fuck about respecting their elders. They've played with attitude all season. I've been rooting for them all season. But when they finally run into the team that, you know, I want to win it all, I got to switch up a little bit and uh, root against them. But I absolutely love the Grizzlies, everything about them. Ja is, you know, a generational type player. Fucking 
love him. I love his Twitter fingers. Love the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever. He's just a dope team, and that team all plays like him. They got grit. They got attitude. Um, and then you got the Warriors, who are more of that finesse team that I also love. But, of course, they got Draymond doing his thing, keeping it grimy in the trenches. Uh, it's just a great series, man. Those first two games were incredible. Last night's game was a blowout. Um, I really... Well, yeah, rewinding it back, of course, was that game one? Yeah, it was game one where Dylan Brooks, like a minute or two into the game, fucking destroyed Gary Payton the second. Um, like everyone t trying to say that he needs to like learn how to land better. Like just think about if your head got fucking rocked that hard, you're you're out of it for at least a split second. Like he he's not gonna land perfectly after just literally getting his whole neck rocked sideways so the skip baylesses of the world go fuck yourself so yeah then dylan brooks i thought he should be suspended um for game three that made sense and uh or sorry that was the start of game two my bad then we take it back to the bay last night for game three um I knew Steph and Clay weren't gonna shoot as poorly. Jordan Poole, you know, you get you get home. I think they shot like 16% from three in game two, and still were in it near the end. So my thinking was, you come home, you clean up some of the shooting, and uh, a blowout's what happened. That's kind of what I was expecting. Now we'll see. <clears throat> you saw the play where Jordan Poole. It looks like he grabs and like kind of jerks Morant's knee a little bit. Who knows where he got hurt? Yeah. If it was then at that exact moment, then I don't know what the league's going to do, if they're going to suspend Jordan Poole or what, but that shit was kind of crazy. Was that intentional, though? Or, like, Steve Kerr called out Dylan Brooks for breaking the code on the Gary Payton injury, and then after the game last night, John Morant tweeted, broke the code. So the pettiness is there, the fucking, the fire back and forth is there. It's a great series, crossing my fingers, jaws all right. Uh... I, said, I think I said Warriors and six before the series. If he's out, uh, I think they probably ended in five. But it's a it's a great series. Hopefully the injuries are done, and we can just see some good clean basketball, man. But great series. I mean, we're gonna see some good basketball. I don't know if it's gonna be clean. You can tell these, like you said, the Grizzlies have a chip on their shoulder, and the Warriors have been out of it for a couple years. So I'd say they do too. This is the type of basketball you want to see in the second round, man. This is exactly it. Let's move over to Miami and the Sixers. Obviously made quick work of the Sixers without Joel Embiid, but the return of the mass big man. Uh, what what kind of chance do they have with Embiid back in the lineup? I mean, they got to win four out of five. I don't think that's happening. It was very impressive to see them win that game after seeing how much they got destroyed. And Embiid, I think, only had like 18 and 11 beneath his season averages. So um, it was nice to see him have that impact on the squad. I don't know, man, that one's a toss up. Like, I, I still think the Heat are gonna take care of business, but that was very inspiring. But I feel like the Heat come in, win game four and finish it in five, man. What do you think? Yeah, I believe so, too. They shot absolutely terrible. I think I turned it on. They had 30-something points in the third quarter. Like, that just ain't going to happen, you know? Yo, one crazy thing. Duncan Robinson, the $90 million man, has played he's, like, he's played one minute in round two, I think. He did have a big game in round one. 
But, I mean, Spo is a, a genius coach, so I ain't even trying to question that. But the NBA is crazy these days, man. If you if you can shoot the three and you string together a, a really good season in your contract year, like, you might get overpaid like crazy, like Duncan Robertson yeah. and the Latvian Laser over in Dallas. Fucking Bertans, man. I think he's an $80 million man. These guys barely play. It's crazy. Nick Nurse ain't signing one of those guys. That's for sure. <laughs> you can't play. You ain't coming to the Raptors, man. <laughs> the two other series, both equally as good. 2-1 series. The Boston Celtics so close to tying that third game, sending it to OT. And then Luka Doncic doing his thing, making it a 2-1 series down there in Phoenix, man. These uh, these teams are slugging it out, and this is basketball playoffs at its finest. Right? Yeah, who, who are you rooting for in Phoenix? Because I know you love... I mean, you're a Mikel Bridges guy. You love Deep Book, and but I also know yeah. you like Doncic. So who who are you rooting for? It's funny. I have that uh, love for Doncic just because me and him won a fantasy title together in his rookie year. Picked him up in like the fifth or sixth round. You know, nobody believes in him like I did. <laughs> me and Mark Cuban. Um, <laughs> but I'm going with Phoenix, dude. Like I just don't like the rest of. Well, I've started to like Brunson, but I just don't really like Doncic's game style. Like, I, I find him kind of annoying to watch. And then uh, I, I really like D-Book, man. He's smooth. And CP3, I still want him to get a chip. So I hope they make quick work of him. I don't want it to go long. Like, whenever your team gets stuck in long series over and over, like, it's just not good, you know? Like, you got to get out of the quick, especially the first two rounds. Yeah, like, perfect example, Embiid. You know, they should have fucking... Yeah. Finish this off and they wouldn't be dealing with this Embiid injury. Uh yeah, I'm I'm also rooting for Phoenix. It's funny hearing kind of the tide turn on Doncic a little bit now that he's in his third year making the playoffs. And at first it's like Luca's the one, the chosen one, the fucking the next greatest, blah blah blah. And now it's like, wait, is he turning into James Harden? You know, just yeah. fucking crazy usage rate and like not the type of team that can get him to the next level. Now, that being said, he obviously needs better teammates around him. They're missing Tim Hardaway. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they can finally pair him with a second all-star, maybe even a third at some point in his career. That's when um, it'll be interesting to see. Because, I, yeah, like you said, I'm not a huge fan of, of the dribble, 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 you know, and then you either take a tough shot or kick it out for a three. It's just mm-hmm. kind of reminds us of James Harden in Houston, which I don't think either of us love to watch. Um, and so yeah, rooting for the Suns, but also <clears throat> Lucas kind of wins me over. Sometimes I like when he's a shit disturber and like calls out the refs and him and CP3 are both petty as fuck. I love it. Mm-hmm. And he got lucky in that game three. A couple of those kickouts to Reggie Bullock, he hit some fucking tough threes there that uh, in most cases those wouldn't drop, but yeah, they got a game. Uh, Brunson's still playing good. They could get a little bit more out of Dinwiddie. They could make a series out of it, but I just feel like Phoenix is structured so well that I want them to go on to face the winner of the next year. I know. I'm terrified because if anyone's going to knock off the Warriors, it's Phoenix. Just because I don't know what they're going to do with DeAndre Ayton, man. Um, yeah. It always takes me back to that time that Portland beat Denver when we were like, this is the like 
as good as Portland's going to get. Like, they're not going to win the next series. But they overachieved and knocked out Denver and then just made the conference finals a little bit worse. Like, I don't want Dallas to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 100%. I think everyone, well, not everyone, obviously the Memphis and Dallas people don't want this, but I think the greater NBA fan community wants to see Warriors versus Suns. Like, oh. The Chris Paul dude fucking Steph Curry history is amazing where like the Clippers used to punk the Warriors for a little bit there in the early 2010s and then all of a sudden 2015 came around those guys all leveled up and then um Steph has literally shit on Chris Paul for like almost a decade now <laughs> you know like dude he had him in Phoenix that one year man he had him. Oh, in Houston, oh, you mean? Sorry, he had him in Houston that yeah. one year, yeah. But seeing them, it's funny just thinking back to, like, what the Warriors did to Chris Paul's teams. Like, they dismantled that Clippers team because yeah. the Warriors just shit on them. And then Chris Paul goes to Houston and they dismantled that team because the Warriors kept shitting on them. So part of me wants to see Steph do that to Chris Paul again, but there's also a small no. part of me that wants to get... That wants to see Chris Paul just get his fucking ring and, and and you know not have to be a next Charles Barkley type, like one of the greats of all time without a ring, because all people care about is rings, so he'll get made fun of for the rest of his life on Twitter and blah blah blah. Yeah. But I don't want it to be so at the expense of I don't want him to have the last laugh in the playoffs against Steph, you know what I mean? Yeah. But dude, this could be our poll for this week. And it would be sports and rundown listeners centric only but is this the greatest team that Chris Paul's been a part of hmm yeah it's gotta be that or like the maybe uh was it the 2014 Clippers yeah it would be like whatever team you think was the best the Clippers the Rockets or the oh Suns. shit yeah sorry sorry the tw- 2017 Rockets were also incredible um yeah that's a good question Maybe we'll maybe we'll get the answer in round three when the Chris Paul goes toe to toe with hopefully Steph. Curry. Yeah, we didn't really have any disagreements this week for a poll, but I was thinking for next season. Um, every time we're, there's a disagreement in the post office or something, we do a poll, and then whoever has more wins at the end of the season, some there's some sort of wager or like embarrassing thing that the other person has to do that we post for the people. Yeah, no problem, man. I'm down. I helped you. I picked Jeff Rowley for you. So yeah, bro. <laughs> this guy. Are you trying to take cra- what? You're off your boys now. You didn't even know who it was. No, I'm still going fight, baby. You could fight all you want. Bro, the people uh, have spoken, right, man. I'm two and zero oh in the polls. Shout out to the people. You dig? Fucking horseshit. Um. Yeah, let's wrap this up. We're done there. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Yeah. We'll catch y'all next week. Yeah, and uh, go Bucks because we didn't say anything about them, but that was a crazy finish. Go Bucks. Let's get it.